Hi, hello, what's up? YOLO. I'm just not going to re-record that. I'm not going to say something else. That is my intro and that's what I'm sticking with. Hi, I'm Michelle, if you didn't already know that, host of The Fuel Pod, AKA Fuel My Run. What's going on? How are you guys doing? I really like today's episode for a few reasons. It's tenfold, if you will. Again, I'm really not sure if that means 10 reasons or there's like multiple reasons, but just hear me out. So remember those books, Chicken Soup for the Something Soul? I remember in high school, I loved Chicken Soup for the Teenage Soul, which is something I probably didn't need to admit in this podcast, but hear me out. I really think this episode is kind of similar to a chicken soup for the runner's soul. We're going to be talking to a few different runners today, and I think you're going to be able to relate to one of them. We're going to be talking about their running story and what injury they may have faced during their running journey, how they've rehabbed it, and how they're back on that running train. So if you're dealing with an injury, I think this can be really therapeutic to listen to. You know, it gives you some hope. And also, if you're not dealing with an injury, I just think that hearing other people's running stories is always kind of fun. You can pull some similarities from it, maybe learn a thing or two. At the end of this episode, I'm going to recap all of the recovery techniques that we talked about that got these runners back to running. I'll also list it in the description because let's be honest, are you retaining all those bullet points just by hearing them? I'm going to say 98% of you aren't because I know I would want to see them listed in the description, so I'll put it there as well. Anyway, let's get into our first conversation today. It is with Sasha. You'll learn a little bit more about her right now. Let's get right into it. So we have Sasha here, that wellness gal on Instagram. Love your Instagram, by the way. And why don't you give us kind of a little elevator pitch. We're going up to the 10th floor. We're in there together. And you are going to tell me about, I don't even know what I'm saying. You're going to tell me about your running story. What is it? Sure. So my name's Sasha. I'm a sophomore in college and I go to school at UH Manoa, which is in Hawaii. And I run D1 for their track team. I'm starting my first season this August, so I'm really excited about that. But uh, I started my sort of running journey when I was little. I really loved running. And my first experience like on a team and stuff was in middle school. I joined the track team and I was actually pretty good. Like the coaches liked me and thought I had potential, but I was like, I'm still this skinny little thing. Like I had no fat on my body or anything and the practice started kind of when it was just going into spring which if you're a new yorker you would know like it's still freezing cold so practice. <laughs> i'm just were... like so nice nice weather no okay so freezing yeah. cold. <laughs> it was like 40 degrees out and i thought that was awful that we had to run in 40 degree weather and it was like so cold and i caught a cold so i missed three days of practice And I thought that meant I was kicked off the team. And my mom didn't want to take me to practice anyways. So I never got to run track after that. So that was disappointing. But I ended up going to high school for dance, for ballet. Mm -hmm. And the teachers would started making us run laps, like before class. What? Okay, I didn't know ballerinas did that. That's props. Yeah. The teachers like did it to because they wanted some of the girls to lose weight, but that wasn't like why 
I did it. It was just because we had to, but um, dang, That's it was fun to me. And I ended up racing everyone and I would, always, I would always win. So I applied for a 5k and I did pretty well for like my first 5k ever. So I started training more. And then once quarantine hit, I really like dedicated myself to running and ended up being able to qualify as a walk-on for the track team. So that's kind of how I started running. So you weren't on the track team in high school? Nope, there was no track team in high school in my school because it was like kind of a private art school and it was really small. So we didn't have the qualifications for like any sports teams. Other than ballerinas Uh, or ballet. Yeah, we we just did dance competitions and stuff. I always wanted to be on the track team and never was able to be. And you qualified for D1. Yeah, I don't really know how. Um, but I mean, yeah. I know how you're a talented runner. What were the qualifications <laughs> to make it on the team? Did you just kind of have to like hang with the runners on the team or how does that work? Yeah. So to get on, I called the coach and I applied last year and he said, like when I first joined the school and he basically said, I have to get a sub 25 K at least. A sub. Okay. Wow. My first, like the only race I had done was like a 23 50 or something so I just spent the year like trying to train for it and I ended up a few months ago doing like a 2054 okay um, after a few months of really dedicated training and so because I improved like that quickly he thinks I'll be able to get to sub 19 pretty soon oh my gosh that's wild yeah isn't it fun to imagine getting that fast too I know it's crazy it's really fun sometimes I get like nervous or disappointed especially like on easy runs I'm like ah I should be running faster than this but I know it's really important to not run fast all the time so yeah I really wish that I tried to get on the team as a walk-on at a couple of the colleges that I went to because I ended up talking to a girl that went to the school that I graduated from And this is so off topic from what we're going to talk about, but she ended up telling me, oh yeah, with the paces that you're running right now, you could have totally been a walk-on. And I was like, oh my gosh, I I thought I was so slow. I didn't know that that was even an option, you know? Yeah. I mean, I just like, if I do something, I tend to like fully jump into it. I can see that for you. Yeah. (laughs) So I didn't want to just run. I was like, nope, I'm going to be on the team. You're like, Um, I want the uniform. I want the booty shorts. (laughs) It was like what I wanted. So I just worked at it and got myself on somehow. Love it. So when did you experience a running injury? With dedication and like pushing my paces and stuff, I faced a running injury really badly when I first started really training which was around February of last year and I basically just jumped my mileage up really quickly and I didn't even know what mileage was I was just like following a training plan that I got online for I just put myself in the sub 25k training plan so I was going from running a mile a day five days a week to running like 40 miles a week Um, oh my gosh I didn't even know that you could like run miles a week like I didn't realize how to do that the first thing that happened to me was my knee was like dead I could not move my leg like I couldn't walk for two days and it was just really really bad I ended up going to the physical therapist and I had to do like a lot of work on it and it eventually went away and then the second injury that I had was I like strained my sort of groin hamstring area 
which is yes. a very annoying place to injure yourself. Yeah. And I also couldn't walk for like literally a week. I had to take several weeks off because I, it just keep kept re-injuring itself. Yeah, that's sort of when I got an actual coach to help me. And that helped a lot because I was not following like a proper training plan. Dang girl. Well, you're young and that's a good basis on recovering fast. Are you 100% right now? Basically, my like hamstring thing will still kind of act up after long runs. Like if I go run 14 miles, I know I'll come home and it'll be like kind of hard to put pants a on. pulling. Yeah. yeah. So were you ever diagnosed with a specific injury on your knee or the hamstring issue? I wasn't, which is, I feel like it's worse than having a specific diagnosis because they just couldn't figure out what was wrong with it. And that Mm. meant that it was really hard to find any way to fix it. Yeah. Um, Because you can't Google that injury and see exactly what, you know, people have done in the past. Exactly. Exactly. None of my injuries have been Googleable. Dude, that's, that would drive me absolutely crazy. So what did you do? We Did you just kind of decrease your mileage, do some icing, rest, PT exercises, it sounds like? Yeah, so for my knee, what I did was I went to the physical therapist. And I have really strange knees. My legs are like bowed. And like one of my bones protrudes out, which is weird. It's not like because I'm skinny. It's just because I, oops, sorry. Just because I have deformed legs which causes my knee to like not be over my ankles properly. Okay. Um, so he like did some adjustments on my knee, which really helped. And then I started like running with a sort of knee brace thing for- Is it like the little strap that goes under the knee? Yeah, yeah. So I had to use that a lot, but it eventually went away once I started focusing on making sure I had a higher cadence. Okay. And like focusing on my running form. That really helped. And also like scaling back my mileage and actually properly building it up. I love that. And it's so funny. I talk about cadence to a lot of my runners. And especially when I talk about it to newer runners, they're like, no, I want a longer stride. That will make me go faster. And it's a really hard concept to grasp. (laughs) Like a faster cadence means, you know, one, it's safer, like we're talking about, but also it can help you get faster over time. Yeah, it's way safer, because it's very hard. I was just thinking about it, like, it's very easy to not have proper cadence, like I thought my cadence was fine. And then I actually put on like a metronome, and looked at my watch cadence, and realized, oh, it was so off. And my run stopped hurting a lot once I refocused on it. I just started refocusing on it and it's helped so much. And if you think about it, if you're having a higher cadence, your foot is right under you. So it's like, it's going to be really hard to get a stress fracture if your foot is placed directly under you, right? Because if you're landing like directly on your foot flat, then it's not going to have that impact. But if you're landing on your heel, like that's so easy to get a stress fracture in your shin or in your heel, Yeah, a lot of impact on the body right there. Even in your femur, like all these places that people get stress fractures, I really think it's because they don't have proper running form, which scares me. So I really focus on it. Okay, that's really good insight. I'm glad that somebody said that they fixed their stride and it really helped. So, okay, love this. Do you have any gear that you use, like foam roller, or do you ice daily, or what kind of recovery techniques are you using today? One thing that I can't do 
it, right now anyways, I'm going to start doing it again, but I had to stop for like a couple of months with stretching because as a dancer, I'm very hypermobile. Um, Ooh, so every okay. time I would stretch after a run, I would get injured the next day. So I had to stop stretching and sadly lose some of my flexibility, but it's helped me be more resilient and not get injured all the time. So I can't really stretch that much, but I do like to foam roll. That really helps. I really like to get massages, which I haven't been able to get since I moved here, but I used to do those like every week when I lived upstate. Oh my gosh, um, that's amazing. I like to take Epsom salt baths when I can. Now I don't have a bathtub, so I just go in the ocean, which actually really helps. Um, <laughs> Everyone listening is like, boo, I'm jealous. I know. But it, it does. It near a beach. Yeah. It's so, well, I can't, I do live right on the beach, actually, in Long Beach, California. But the water in Long Beach is so dirty and polluted that it's oh, probably God. only safe to go in once a month. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Because yeah. I don't want to die or grow another arm. But I would imagine the the ocean in Oahu is, yes, perfect for recovery. Yeah, it's really great. You eat really well, too. Yeah. You probably yeah. eat the so, foods that are going to help you recover. Yes. I would say that's actually a really big thing with recovering is, like, making sure you eat enough is super important. And it's something I have to stay very, like, diligent about, um, making sure I fuel properly. So I make sure to fuel as soon as possible after a run. And also on long runs, I used to come back really beat up. But once I started fueling during my long run with, I use like pro blocks or I use the noon endurance powder, okay. I came feeling a lot better and it's surprisingly very helpful. So fueling is really, really important. Yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. Love that. Love the fuel. We love fuel here. So when does season start? Are you going to be on the cross country team or track team or what does that look like for you? I'm going to be doing both, but my cross-country season starts August 16th, so I'm excited for that, but also a little nervous because a lot of college girls don't take easy runs seriously. Yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> I hope Ooh. I don't go to the hospital by the end of this situation, but... <laughs> no! I mean, it sounds like you have your recovery techniques down. I'm totally... Yeah, you're going to have to follow up and let us know. Is there somebody else on the team that's like, yeah, I need to take my easy runs easy. Does the coach say anything or... You know, are the girls so competitive that everyone's going 70% on easy days and totally overdoing it? I'm intrigued. Yeah, yeah, I am too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you're the best. Thanks so much for coming on and sharing your story. Yeah, thank you for inviting me on. Uh, uh, uh. Transitioning now. Thank you, Sasha. Transitioning to Jen. She lives with her family in North Carolina. She's actually newer to running, so her story is pretty cool. And I'm actually training her right now for a 50K. That's a five zero kilometers, people, which is kind of crazy because she's pivoting right now off of her last marathon. She did not tell me that the 50K was this close to her first marathon, but alas, it is. <laughs> but the cool thing is she actually recovered really well from her marathon. And so we kind of just used it as a long run in her 50k training. So let's hop right into it. Jen, tell me what's good. What is your running story? How did you get into running all that good stuff? Yeah, elevator so, pitch, but a little bit more than that. You know what I mean? So I, I started working out gosh, let me think, let me think this through. In 2017, it was December 31st. I met with some friends for lunch and they were making new year's resolutions. And they said, we're going to start being fit. 
I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> I guess it's that time. I was um, 37 and it was, it, it had been a rough few years, like personally. And I said, okay, I need to do that. So I joined a gym. I joined like a local boutique fitness that shall not be named because I had a falling out with them. Um, <laughs> Orange Theory Fitness. So I did Orange Theory for a while. I loved it. The company in this area is a little shady. Okay. Yeah. So I had, I, that's how I, all my running friends are from Orange Theory. I loved it. It was fantastic. Yeah. Um, that's a great class. It was, it was a fantastic class. I love it. Literally all of my friends in this area are former coaches or current coaches. All I did for a long time was go to the gym and work. People are like, you need a hobby. I'm like, I do have a hobby. It's Orange Theory. Like, no, 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 it's not a hobby. <laughs> they just don't get it. They're jealous. But it, they don't get it. They're totally jealous. They don't get it. Totally jealous. I I didn't even go. I didn't even visit. I just called them. I'm like, I'm signing up now. And they're like, do you want to come for a tour, free class? I'm like, nope, sign me up. Like, I need to do it. I'm all in or I'm nothing. In moderation does not work for me at all. In nothing. (laughs) In nothing in life. So I'm like, go. So I did that. And I walked in and I saw the treadmills. And I said, you runners are crazy. You're going to hurt your knees. I'm going to be a power walker. And they were like, that's fine. Totally cool. For eight months, I power walked. I did not. I did not run a single step. Didn't even attempt it. Not even. I'm like, you guys are stupid. Like your knees are going to blow out. Your hips are going to rust. You're going to have arthritis at 42. Like you guys are dumb. Forget it. (laughs) So here I am eight months later. I remember it was August, 2018. I'm on like 15% incline and my heart rate's 130. And I'm like, I don't know what I can do anymore. I'm like, I'm accustomed to this. I don't know what I can do to actually get my heart rate up. And my coach was like, you might need to start jogging. And I was like, all right, next class. I'll just start jogging. And I'm like, Oh, wow. Yeah. Heart rate one, 190. Okay. 3.8 miles an hour going, I, I see. Okay. Like I kind of want to mix it up, but that's how I started running. I ran for a little bit, got my paces up. And I had a coach that said, I think you should try a race. Have you done a 5k? Have you done a 10k? Oh, I've done a couple of 5ks. It's been a while. That was when I was younger. You should do something. And I'm like, well, let's go big. Let's do a half marathon before I do another 5k or a 10k or an anything. You jumped so to I a half up. from there. Yeah. In, okay. in November. So I started running in August I signed up for the half. I remember it was Thanksgiving. And I said to my family, I think I might run a half marathon. And just saying it, I'm like, well, now I have to. Because you said it. Yeah. Because I said it. Absolutely. So started running in August. So September, October, November, three months later, I'm like, I'm going to run a half marathon. Signed up for Tobacco Road half Mm -hmm. in November for March. Then I had December, January, February, March to train. And I did a lot of Orange Theory. I didn't do many. um, And this is where the injury comes in, I think. I didn't do midweek running uh, outside of Orange Theory. And for Orange Theory, the running is 20 to 25 minutes. All speed workouts, typically, right? Um, they say that they're not, but they really are. Um, <laughs> I mean, they are because their endurance workouts are a 23-minute run, which, you know. Oh, okay. And they usually want you to go for distance, right? Like they want you to increase it. Depends. It. Some of them, I really, they, I loved, which was why I thought that endurance running was out of the league for me. I really love their fast power workouts and they did like a 30 second all out 30 second recovery 30 second all out 30 second recovery and you do that Mm -hmm. 11 times that was their big power workout so you're sprinting super hit yeah and I and I really like that because as small as I am and not fast I can I can sprint at 12 miles an hour for 30 seconds you totally and I look stupid I look stupid doing it I I I have I have a video of it and I'm like I look like a cartoon character you know like please send me it (laughs) I will it's really funny I can do things that a lot of people you know even even fantastic runners good runners have trouble doing but just for 30 seconds 
And so then I'd hit that and I'm like, well, now what do I do? Okay, let's do a 30 second sprint at 12 miles an hour at 2% incline. Like, let's keep going, Woo! baby. That's kind of how I train for the full, the, the half. And I would add a, lo- a long run on the weekend. So I would okay. do Orange Theory three or four times a week with, I'd get like two or three miles maybe every time I went. Mm-hmm. So not awful training. For the half, I think it was fine. I think it totally worked for a half. And then I'd do a long run on the weekend and I'd add, I added a mile every week. So I started out at five miles and I went all the way to 10. Got it. So I okay. trained for like six or eight weeks, I think. Like and hardcore training. Did the injury come during this training or after? The injury came after. The injury came training for the full. Because I tried to do the full the same way. I had Hal Higdon's plan, but I didn't really follow it because I was doing Orange Theory during it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, well, an Orange Theory class counts for this four-mile run. It counts for this five-mile midweek run. And it really doesn't because I'm not, you know, I was strength training, but I wasn't running for a full hour and I wasn't getting the total mileage. But in my brain, I thought, well, if I'm strength training, that counts for something, right? Mm, Not for the (laughs) running (laughs) so much. I mean, it's a hard class too. So it's not like you're going to finish your orange theory class and then go out and run three more miles. That's oh, no, no. Really I did that too. I did, did that, that a few times. Of course I did. Cause I'm stupid. I'd run to class. It was a mile from my house. So I'd run to class and take a class and then run home and maybe tack on a few if I felt like I wasn't doing well enough. I didn't do that <laughs> okay. a lot, but yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. I didn't have a coach and I didn't have someone making sure I was actually sticking to the plan and then adjusting mm-hmm. the plan as needed. I, and if I missed a couple runs here and there, no big deal. For a half, I think you can get away with that when you have a good foundation and a good base, but mm-hmm. obviously it didn't work well. You can't run two, three, four miles a couple days a week and then go out and think you can bust out 17 miles, which is what <laughs> I tried to do. For sure. For sure. Okay. Yep. So what started hurting? My calves cramped up severely. And then I realized that my, my shin, the front of my right shin was just, I had a really focal spot right above my ankle. And of course I'm like, what does that mean? Okay, it's focal, it's pinpoint. I'm like, stress fracture, crap. Went right to an ortho. I'm like, I have a stress fracture right here. And they're like, okay, sure, runner. Um, um, Okay, x-ray, let's figure it out. X-ray, let's do an x-ray. They're like, nope, nothing on x-ray. I'm like, nope, do another one. Went to a different ortho, got a second opinion. They're like, you have to pay for this one. I'm like, I'll pay for it because you guys are wrong. Nope, no stress fracture. MRI time, like, let's go. You guys are missing it. And finally the one guy was like, you know, here's the thing I'm going to tell you, the recovery and what I'm going to tell you to do for a stress fracture versus, versus PT tendonitis is the same. You got to stop running. And this was, you know, seven weeks before my marathon. He's like, you got to take probably four or five weeks off. The, the same exact thing happened to me before Chicago. I got that diagnosis of tendonitis maybe two months out at that time or a month and a half. I was like, like right. but I can still do some runs, right? <laughs> can I run a little bit? Can I, can I hike? Can I walk fast? So did you so listen if you've to seen, that? Well, so this, this is funny. If you've seen Brittany runs a marathon. Okay. That's what made me sign up for a marathon. I saw Believe it or it. not. You, it's, it's great. You actually so she runs need, a marathon in the end. Well, I don't want to give it away. I, um, she does a sub four. Yeah. She runs a marathon. See, she this does is a, a sub four. True story. This is based on a true story. Oh, okay. Yeah. So You're in, gonna... in the movie, she also gets injured and the same things are going through her brain. She's like, can I run a little bit? Can I, can I run slow? Can I, can I walk fast? Like what's going on? No, you're done. (laughs) So it was the same thing. I was like, oh my gosh, like I, I I signed up for this because of the movie and now it's all happening. Like, good Lord. (laughs) Um, But I did listen. I, I, I had to work. I didn't stay off my feet completely, but I didn't run. 
And then two weeks before the marathon, I was like, all right, well, we're just going to give it our best shot. And I'm just going to try to catch up to where I am now. And if I end up walking the whole darn thing, okay, I do, but I'm doing this. And I really didn't want to, I didn't feel great about it. And then COVID hit and the marathon was scheduled for March 15th. I believe it was a Sunday. Yeah. And that Thursday they canceled it. And I was secretly like, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's a sign from the gods. It, I was, I didn't the want to run it. I knew, I knew I wouldn't do as well as I wanted to because I wasn't trained. Yeah. And if anything, it could just make the tendonitis worse. Right. Or I would actually try to run. And this was when I was doing full on, no walking, running my runs, min- even minimal walking. Even the 17 miler that I attempted was very, very minimal walking, but I was running really slowly. I was doing, you know, 12, 13 minute miles just to get it done. It wasn't good running for me. Okay. So I completely, when that happened, I completely changed my form, which is crazy. And people tell you, you know, maybe you shouldn't do that. If you're a heel striker, be a heel striker, like run how you run. So many different ways to look at it. Yeah. There's theories. Yeah. But I'm like, no, like I want to do everything the, the best way. Yeah. So I completely changed my form. I did that by upping my cadence. My cadence was like in the 160s. I nailed it to like 180 on the dot. I'm like, okay, 180 is good. I'm going to hit 180. Shorter stride, going to do it. Mid forefoot, going to do it. Like I did everything. I'm like, I'm going to change it. And believe it or not, that helped a lot of other issues too. I was having some knee, like knee pain, really mild stuff, no injuries, but just like I'd be sore after I run and it took care of that. it was different. Yes. I tape my knee now just because I'm fearful of not taping it. But even on Saturday with the full zero knee pain. I mean, yes. even later. Oh my, my gosh. My I love that. My neighbors were asking me like, were you walking down the stairs backwards? I'm like, no, like now I felt really good. It was really weird. Last night we were running and they're like, you, are you sure? I'm like, I feel like, let me run. Good. Okay. Well, I'm yeah. glad you listened to your body and I'm glad they questioned you. Cause I was going to ask after your marathon, if you were kind of limping up the stairs or doing that, like I've been on a horse too long walk, you know, a little, a little bit of that right after. But I mean, we went out to dinner that night and it was, we went to a, like a, a restaurant with a high top table. I'm like, Oh, here we go. Okay. Yep. <laughs> you were diagnosed with posterior tibial tendonitis then. Yep. If I increase my mileage too quickly, even today, I kind of feel, cause I have this as well. Yep. I feel it kind of flare up every once in a while. You probably have a predisposition of getting it again at that yes, same spot. But I've been starting to wear like compression socks and different things that I think help. Do yep. you feel your tendonitis at all following the marathon? Um, sometimes I think I do, but I don't know whether it's just my subconscious telling me to be careful. I, I think it. I think it's almost like fake phantom pain. <laughs> totally. So you know? when you were recovering, so obviously you had to take time off and your marathon got canceled, blessing in skies. Yep. You changed your running form. You took yep. away the heel striking, which is so funny because I just talked to somebody else about that. She did the same exact thing. Crazy. Increasing your cadence does so much. It did slow me down initially. I adopted run walk strategy that slowed me down initially, Mm -hmm. but over time, all of that came back. My runs are now faster overall than I think I, I definitely faster than I could have ever sustained for two, three or four hours for sure. Even with the running now, I don't have some of the issues that I had, the cardiovascular issues. I never feel out of breath. Never, ever, ever. Um, unless I'm full on sprinting for like a minute or two minutes. I just, I don't, I don't get it with the run walk because my, my intervals are, you know, 45, 30 or 60, 30. You don't have the time to get out of breath. You know, I, I get, you're not sprinting these intervals. Like, let's be honest. Love that you're so proactive with your injuries. That's huge. 
even if it might take a second to be like, okay, I need to stop running or I need to decrease my mileage or whatever. Well, I think you have to think about why do you get into running to begin with? And if I look back at why I got into being active at all, it was to be healthy, to live long, to, you know, make sure I can see my kids grow up and not pass away. My mom died at 60. I was 29 years old. I don't want that for me. I want to be healthy and I want to, I want to be walking and running as long as I can. So if you go back to that, some of these things that we do when we think we're improving our running is not improving the overall goal. It might be improving the running for a minute, but if you end up injured, your goal is to stay healthy. And I I didn't, if I get injured, I didn't do that. I love that. What's the big goal? Thank you for saying that. Yes. And I think a lot of the time we just decide to not look at that and say, I need this instant gratification of going on this run when really it's like, but you're not going to be able to go on a run next week if you do this one. So thanks for saying that. So Jen, thank you so much for sharing your story. You're so welcome. (laughs) I appreciate you coach. Couldn't have done it without you. Thank you, Jen. Love you, girl. Lastly, we're going to be talking to Top Hat Banjo, a.k.a. Wayne. Top Hat Banjo is his name on Instagram. He's actually like an amazing banjo player, so check that out. You'll never guess how long his running streak was. It blew my mind, so let's get right into that conversation. So we have Top Hat Banjo, a.k.a. Wayne, and I had to scour your Instagram to find your name because I just refer to you and my head is Top Hat Banjo. (laughs) So we have Wayne here. and. I'm just curious, Wayne, want to tell us a little bit about your running story? Yeah, well, um, I've always sort of tended towards being athletic. When I was a kid, I was one of those real skinny kids, you know the kind, the kind that eats enough for three adults or two horses, (laughs) just always very, very thin. And in the town where I grew up is a fairly large town. I was too thin to play football and uh, not tall enough, really, to play basketball. But I always ran. I was always a good runner. And um, I was a high jumper, even though I was not a real tall guy. I just kind of kept up with it as I, you know, graduated high school, went to college. I never did anything with running that would earn a living or would distinguish myself in the pantheon of great runners. But, you know, it turns out you don't really have to do that. (laughs) Then I I turned 60 this year. So now it, it has simply become a way for me to stay healthy and to continue eating like a teenager. <laughs> I love it. You're the 5K streak guy. You went on a 5K streak for how many days? It was over a thousand. Yeah, it was a thousand and seventy days was my uh, my my streak. I, I wanted to get to a thousand, and it's funny how it works. I didn't start out wanting to get to a thousand. Nobody does that because it's too uh, you know it's too mind-boggling. Typically, streak runners run a mile a day, but I thought for me a mile is not really enough because I insist on eating, you know, three Big Macs every day. So <laughs> I, I figured next step up from one mile to 5K. You know, that's a manageable distance for me. It was something I could do every day, as long as I didn't try to do it too fast. So, you know, these things start off, I, I wanted to, to do it for a solid week, seven days. I thought that was a, an accomplishment, and it is a big accomplishment. And then I wanted to get to double digits. Wow. And I did. And then you get to 100 triple digits. You know, that was a big deal. And then I wanted to get to a year, and then I wanted to get to 500 days. And, you know, the days just go by, and uh, you do it every day, and before you know it, you know, before you know it, a thousand days was on the horizon, the common That's day. crazy. You really do reach a point where it's easier to just keep doing it. 
<laughs> I mean, apparently. It's the routine. And I am a creature of routines. There's no question. Do you use any tools for recovery, like a foam roller, hand roller, any of those kind of things? I don't. I had uh, plantar fasciitis about 15 years ago. I had an episode of plantar fasciitis. And uh, I used a, a, a roller for that. You know, I would roll. And I used a boot. You know, that's one of the treatments. Uh, you, you put a boot on at night, sleep in this boot, and it holds really? the foot flexed backward. Okay. And I think that helped. I saw a specialist about it. And the doctor wanted to do some injections and various other more invasive treatments. But I had not actually tried the boot. So we did. I wore the boot for about six weeks, and I didn't really do any activity for about six weeks. And, uh, you know, again, it's hard to know, you know, what causes things. I can tell you that I wore the boot. And the plantar fasciitis got a lot better and it went away. Whether, whether they, you know, the one thing caused the other or not, I have no way of knowing, but yeah. I don't really care as long as it goes away. <laughs> well, I think it's really cool that you experienced plantar 15 years ago and fast forward to now. Well, I mean, over the last few years, you were able to run a thousand and seventy days of a running streak without sound. It sounds like dealing with an issue of plantar fasciitis. Well, that's right. And I'm told that that's very unusual. I'm told once that plantar fasciitis monkey jumps on your back, it's going to be there probably for the rest of your life. Now, oh, I, yeah. I don't, I've never had any treatments. I've never had steroid shots. But again, as long as it's gone and it doesn't come back, I'm not really that interested in finding out why. <laughs> <laughs> a little more attention to stretch, taking a little more attention to start slowly, you know, I have to believe that some of that is helpful. And I have to believe that being on a daily running regimen, you know, to the degree that my body can handle it, I got to believe that that's helpful too. You are quite the inspiration for those out there wanting to run maybe their entire life or wanting to run every day, because I know a lot of people want to do that. Dang. Okay. Well, this is really cool. Kind of getting to know your running story a little bit. Thank you so much, Wayne, AKA Top Hat Banjo on Instagram. Check him out. Thanks, Michelle. Really appreciate being here. And I tell you, I really love what you're doing with your podcast and your coaching service. You guys need some motivation to get yourselves going, get your body recovered. Go see Fuel My Run. She will, she will help you out. You rock, Wayne. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode. As promised, let's recap some of the strategies that, you know, we talked about on how to recover from a running injury. There's quite a few. So reminder, they're also going to be in the description of this episode and probably on a post on Instagram at Fuel My Run. Making sure your running form is on par, looking good, perfecto. So a lot of the time that's going to include increasing your cadence, Fixing your stride to make sure that maybe, you know, landing on your heel, heel striking is really impacting your body and putting a lot of impact on your body. So perfecting that running form. Little tip here, it's really hard to kind of do this on your own unless you're watching a YouTube video, maybe on a treadmill, watching yourself in the mirror. And even then, it's kind of nice to be able to consult with somebody like a running coach or even going to your local running store to see if they have any feedback on your stride. So if you think that your running form is a little off, get that checked out. Disclaimer, a lot of our running form is going to be different. A lot of people can even get away with heel striking. Everyone is different. So at the end of the day, you got to do what works for you. Taking rest. You don't want to hear that one, but a lot of the time, just taking some rest is going to be the thing that you need to do to rehab and get back to running. Getting a massage or self-massage with a foam roller, aka the poor man's massage, 
I swear by the foam roller though when I can get myself on it. (laughs) You don't want to go for pain that's going to be super, super intense, but it's going to hurt a little bit, but a good pain. It's going to be that, ooh, recovery pain. I swear after long runs, I feel so good the next day if I foam roll. Taking an Epsom salt bath if you don't live next to the ocean. And if you don't have a bathtub, even rubbing up some salt on the area and washing it off after or taking a pan or bowl or something and putting your feet in there, kind of relaxing, chillaxing. That's really nice. Making sure that your easy pace runs are slow and easy. Finding that good pace for you that's going to help you recover and really take your speed runs fast. Eating a good diet. So a good diet can mean a lot of things, but What I mean here is a lot of the time it's eating enough food and eating enough of the right food. So after your workout, you want a good ratio of carbs to protein. Pre-run, we're looking at some carbs, a good carb source to give you energy. Maybe eating during your runs, especially your long runs, making sure you're fueling correctly, getting in enough water, hydrating properly, maybe adding electrolytes, just eating the right foods that's going to be able to fuel you and give you energy. Going to a physical therapist. Maybe you need to get some help on the right exercises that's going to get you back to running. We didn't talk about this a lot in the episode, but doing some strength training and moves that are going to help strengthen certain muscles that are going to help you with your injuries. So the whole body is connected. Hello? Yes, we knew that. But let's say your ankle's hurting. Maybe it's a foot problem. A lot of the time, strengthening your calf and different areas of your leg is going to help with this issue. Receiving a diagnosis and treatment plan, so going to a physical therapist, maybe getting an x-ray, talking to a doctor, is going to help you get that treatment plan to get you back to running. Also, when you have a diagnosis, you can also see what others have done with a similar problem, and you can follow certain things and see what works for you. So stretching, obviously, if you're hypermobile, maybe this isn't the right route, but for a lot of people, this will help your running longevity. Following a smart training plan. So this could include working with a coach. Just keep in mind and be wary. A lot of the plans that you find online are standardized. They're not for you. They're for an average person. And also who is the average person? You know, a lot of the times you can find a plan that's for beginners, intermediate and advanced. And that is very confusing when you're trying to find the right plan because a lot of the time you might be in between two plans. So I highly recommend if you're coming back from an injury or just want to run safely or want to PR, there's actually too many reasons to list. Talk to a coach, maybe even just consult with a coach. You can always hit me up, fuelmyrun.com. Find me on the gram. I post more on Fuel My Run. I also post episode updates on the Fuel Pod and some goofy stuff there. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Love you so much. Okay, you know. (laughs) I will see you next week and okay, goodbye.